Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week, Colin, we're doing something we've never done before because uh, a new translation of the New Testament has just been published. You have translated it. It's called The Truth. And you're giving us just a little uh, taste by reading uh, Romans to us this week. Now, it must have been a huge responsibility doing this translation. Did it weigh heavily on you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, You are handling something that is so precious, so holy, uh, you are handling the truth. And therefore, as, as, as I was translating, I wanted to be true to the truth. Um, and yet at the same time, draw out the meaning uh, of, of uh, what God is saying to us through his word. And um, uh, I, I'm actually at work now already on the next version of this, which will have a whole lot of additional material, an annotated version, which will bring out even more, not not in the text, but, you know, notes to amplify the meaning of the text. And the reason, or one of the reasons that the Lord gave me, you see, for asking me to do this, or telling me to do it, because he doesn't ask us to do anything, does he? He commands us, um, was so that people would understand because people will only put the word of God into practice in their lives when they understand it. They can't apply to their lives something they don't understand. So uh, as someone who's been a preacher for 46 years now, I know how essential it is to give people understanding of the word so then they can apply the word to the way in which they think and speak and act and behave and relate to others. And that's what will bless God. Not simply that we know the word, not that we actually even just believe that the word is true, but that we are expressing the word in our lives, that we're not hearers only, but doers of the word. Now, you could have taken many years working on this translation, but you seem to have had a sense of urgency about it. Why do you think that is? Uh, Well, I think there is a great need for the church in this nation at this moment to turn back to the Word of God. I think we have deserted the Word of God in recent years. It's become less and less um, the authoritative voice of God Uh, to us in the church and many churches have accommodated all kinds of things which are actually contradictory to the Word of God so I believe one of the things the Spirit of God is wanting to do is to return people to the truth so if if this translation can help people to understand the New Testament better and therefore to apply it and live it in their lives those who are Christians and those who become new Christians then I believe it will be effective in enabling those people to bear much more fruit for the glory of God in the way they live their Christian lives. So uh, I wanted it to be easy to read, easy to understand, and easy to apply in people's lives. And the, uh, a lot of people have, have really been astonished. Although it took two years, they say, well... Uh, 
how on earth did you do it so quickly? And I think that was the grace of God. That was the anointing. Whenever I was doing it, I was so conscious of being under the anointing of God. So I believe and trust that he's going to use it for his glory. Now you're reading uh, to us from the book of Romans. And we're going to pick it up in chapter 6, verse 15. Do you really think, as some suggest, that this means we can sin as much as we want because we are not under law? What a ridiculous suggestion. That would be a complete distortion of the truth. Surely you can see that you are a slave to whatever controls your life. If you offer yourself to sin, you are a slave of sin and will obey your sinful instincts. Such a lifestyle leads to spiritual death. On the other hand, offering yourself to live in obedience to God leads to a life of righteousness. I thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, this is no longer the case. For you have obeyed wholeheartedly the teaching of God's truth that was revealed to you, and you are to be guardians of that truth. For you have been liberated from sin and can now think of yourselves as slaves of doing what is right because you belong to God. I'm trying to put this in practical terms. You see, I know how weak you are naturally. That is true of all of us. Yes, you used to be slaves of impurity because of what you did with your bodies. Sin was on the increase in your lives. But now you use your bodies in the right way, and you will do what is right, living holy lives that please our holy God. When you were living as slaves of sin, righteousness certainly did not control your actions. What reward did you gain from all that sin? Why, you are now ashamed of those things you once did. You wish you had never done them, and now you understand that all sin leads to spiritual death. However, now that you are liberated from that past life of sin, you can live as God's slave. That is not bondage, for it leads to holiness and eternal life as your inheritance. You have seen for yourself that sin pays wages, eternal death and separation from God. But God's gift to you is eternal life that is yours in Christ Jesus, your Lord. I speak to you as my brothers and as those who know the religious law. You are aware that the law only has authority over a person while he is alive. When he has died, it is of absolutely no relevance to him. For example, a woman remains married to her husband as long as he lives, but if he dies, her marriage also ends according to the law. She is free to marry again, if she so desires, without being guilty of adultery. Whereas if she were to enter into another relationship while her husband was alive, then she would be an adulteress. So, my brothers, understand that it was only possible for you to become a living member of Christ's body because you had died to the law first. You cannot be married to both the law and Christ. 
It is clear that you live in Christ Jesus, he who was raised from the dead, so that now you might live a life that fulfills God's purpose for you, not simply obeying a set of religious laws. When you died with Christ, you died to the religious law. Now you are united with him in his risen life. In the past, when you were under the control of your flesh, your natural inclination was to sin and to break God's law. In fact, whatever the law says you are not to do aroused in you a perverse desire to do those very things. Consequently, you use your body in sinful ways that only lead to spiritual death. Yet the situation is now completely different. Because you have died with Christ, you are free from the sinful passions that once put you into bondage. You have been liberated from the very idea that you can please God by trying to obey a set of religious rules and regulations. You understand now that the only way you can serve God and please Him is by walking in the new way led by the Holy Spirit. This is a much better way of life, that it is pointless to return to your former way of trying to please God in ways that you fail to keep anyway. There is no need to suggest that the law itself is sinful. That is out of the question. The law actually taught you what pleased God and what was sinful. How did I know it was wrong to covet other people's possessions? Only because under the law God said, do not covet. Despite knowing that this is his command, I was still filled with longing for what others had. Knowing this was wrong caused an even greater desire for what I wanted for myself. I would not have been so guilty if I was ignorant that it was wrong to covet. You see, when you know that a particular action is wrong and you still do it, then you sin knowingly and deliberately. The law made me even more guilty because I knew I was going against God's will when I sinned. All these commands brought death, not life, because I could not obey them all. God intended the law for my good, but instead of bringing me life, it produced death in me because I sinned by failing to obey all that he had commanded. In those days, I was so deceived, for although I failed again and again to obey God's law, I thought I was still serving Him and did not fully appreciate that really I was spiritually dead because of all my disobedience. The law in itself is good, for it was given us by a holy God. All His commands are holy, right, and good. Did those commands create this death in me? Certainly not, for God has no desire to do such a thing. He had to show me that I had no power in myself to please him. Even though what he commanded me to do was good, my sinful nature caused me to make wrong, sinful choices, which only goes to show how completely sinful I was, despite all my religious fervor. The law was not the problem. The fault was entirely mine. The law itself is spiritual because it is given by God. I came to realize that in my natural state, I am unspiritual, a slave to sin and disobedience. In fact, I often did not understand myself or why I made these wrong decisions. I wanted to please God, but ended up doing the very opposite, even though I hated the idea of being a sinner in His sight. Even though I disobeyed the law, I have to admit that it is good and was given by God for my welfare. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 